Hilchas of Kachavim, Perik Hay. In this Perik, the Ramam addresses mitzvahs 13 through 23 regarding Avedazara, which is not to uh, persuade a single individual to worship idols. Not, number 14 is not to love this person who tries to persuade others, not to refrain from hating him, not to save his life, not to advance any arguments on his behalf. Not to prevent his conviction, not to prophesy in the name of idols, not to listen, not to listen to, to such a prophet, not to give false prophecy even in the name of Hashem, not to be afraid of executing a false prophet, and not to swear in the name of an idol. Halacha Aleph. Hamesis Echad Mi'israel. If someone tries to convince an individual among, among the Jewish people or any number of individuals, Benish, Benisha, male or female, to worship idols, raise an iskol, he is stoned. Even though the person being convinced did not actually worship idols, only because the person who tried to convince them uh, attempted to do so, that's sufficient. Whether the convincer was a simpleton, whether he was a potential prophet, whether the people being convinced were individuals, male or female, or several individuals, the, the proselytizer is executed by stoning. Of course, it's a, if it's a majority of the city, then it changes the law to Yonadachas, as we said in the previous parak. Now, a Navi Sheker, a false Navi, is executed by strangulation, Chenuk. Bear that in mind. When somebody convinces the majority of the city to go worship over the Zorah, he is not considered a Mesis, a convincer. He is considered a Mediach, a different term for convincing, which refers to somebody who actually convinces not just individuals, but the majority of the city. He's not a Mesis. Two different Halachas. Now, what if the person who convinced the majority of the city of the Zorah was a single false Navi? His execution is by stoning, even though usually a false Navi is killed by strangulation. Since in this case he convinced the whole city to worship of the Zorah, he is judged as a Mediach, and therefore he gets Skila rather than Chenek, uh, rather than uh, uh, strangulation. But the he convinced to worship because he's just one person, one individual. Those being uh, convinced to worship over the Zara, the majority of the city, they are considered like individuals, not like a community. Not like the city of unless the convincers were to, and therefore these individuals are killed with skila rather than decapitation. Uh, Excuse me, but just the opposite. They are, they, are, they are executed by decapitation rather than skila because they are considered you know, uh, individuals and, um, uh, and their property is not destroyed. So can I stand corrected? Because they are considered individuals, they are killed by uh, skila, not decapitation because they are individuals. Ernadachas the the people convicted are decapitated these are individuals because the only one person convinced them this false navi therefore they are high of skila um, unless the, until the people who do the convincing are a minimum of two whether or not the, the person says that the, the false navi says he the avodah zara told him to it should be worshipped Hashem told me we should worship idols in either case he is considered a navi that an individual navi who has caused a wayward city to worship avodah zara and therefore he is killed with skila rather than with the standard punishment of chenek for a false navi 
And if indeed the majority of the city becomes uh, uh, convinced to worship of the Zara, as is in Mediach. When a convincer convinces others to worship of the Zara, whether he says the plural terminology, or the individual terminology, in the singular, in this case, he's Chayiv Skilo. For example, let's remember the four standard ways of serving of the Zara across the board you're always Chayiv for, regardless whether it's the normal way to serve it or not, is bowing, shechting a carbon, offering a burnt offering, and pouring a libation. Someone tells his friend, I'm going to go worship of the Zara, and I want you to come with me. Excuse me. I will worship this and, and follow me. I will go and worship. Let us go and worship. This this particular which is the normal fashion of serving like throwing stones to the Marculius. Let's offer sacrifice. I'm going to offer sacrifice. Follow me. Let's go and offer sacrifice. Act. I'm going to bring a burnt offering. Act. I'm going to go and bring a burnt offering. Follow me. Let us go and bring a burnt offering. I'm going to offer libation. Follow me. I'm going to go and offer libation. Follow me. Let us go and offer libation. I will bow. I'm going to go, I'm going to bow and follow me. Let us go and bow. Here is a mesis. In either of these cases, he is considered a mesis, and therefore he's chayav skila. If he convinced two different people to worship of the Zora. now he now has two people who can testify that he tried to convince them. They bring him to the court to meet in the love that they testify that he said such and such. And he's stoned. Normally in Terum, before a person is punished for committing a sin, he must be warned and informed of the consequences of his actions. The maces, the proselytizer, is an exception. The maces does not require a warning. He says to only one individual to worship of the Zara, and that one individual, of course, cannot be a witness, a complete set of witnesses, because you have to have two witnesses. So how do you say testimony? Who Aimer, he should say, I have friends interested in this. He tricks him until he can make him proselytized to him in front of two people in order to have him killed if the maces does not want to do so in front of two people he's smarter than that it's a mitzvah to trick him to trick him set a trap for him anyone who's chayiv misin or any punishment for that matter we don't try to set a trap for him this is the only exception because of the seriousness of what he's trying to do to make people worship for the Zara we and he's also can, can lead people away from the, away from the Torah we can definitely uh, we definitely do have the obligation to set a trap for him to remove this this uh, uh, spiritual danger from the Jewish people uh, um, how do we Set a trap for him. The, the, the person, person being proselytized to brings two other people and has them, has them wait in a dark place. They should see the proselytizer hear his words. But he should not be able to see them. Why do you need two? Why not just one? Why can't the person being spoken to that the proselytizer is actually addressing be the second witness and have one person hiding? Possibly because you have to have the two witnesses see each other and if this person's hiding, he, he sees what's going on but he's hiding, he might not be able to, the, the, the person being proselytized to might not see him, so you have to have two separate aid and we see each other hiding in the dark. And after they're hiding, and then he, this individual who's setting this whole thing up says to the proselytizer, Tell me what you said earlier when we, 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 before we were alone. He says to him, and the person being spoken to responds, How can we leave Hashem, our, our God, in, God in heaven, and go and serve wood and stones? Now, the proselytizer does not require a warning. He doesn't say to him, I'm warning you, if you do this, you're going to be punished by, by, by death. But it does require, apparently,
apparently some uh, under, uh, 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 brought his attention the seriousness of what he's doing. If he does, if he says you're right, I made, I made a mistake, or he just says nothing, he's putter. He's not stoned. But if he says this is our, our obligation, this is good for us. Then those who are standing afar come out of hiding place and they arrest him. They bring him to the court for second and then he's stoned. It's a mitzvah that the person being proselytized to actually carry out the execution of the proselytizer. So the Pasuk says, your, first, your hand should be first against him to kill him. For the person being proselytized to, or for any Jew for that matter, to love the Mesis, even though it's a mitzvah to love every Jew, not him. It says, you should not be attracted to him. You shall not love him. It says regarding an enemy. And the enemy, it means an enemy who the traitor says you may have as an enemy. Although it says you must love every Jew, the Pasuk says if you see the, the donkey of your enemy um, struggling under its burden, in this case it's, you're allowed to, he's allowed to be your enemy. You can hate him because he's someone who was warned not to do an Aveira and he does it anyway. So as of Tazivim, you must surely help this person, this enemy. You would think that a Mesis is included in that category. The Pasuk says, no, you should not listen to him. You do not have to help the Mesis. It says, do not stand by your brother's blood if he needs help. You would think you're not allowed to stand by the blood of this individual. The Pasuk says otherwise. Do not pity him. So if he's in danger, don't save him. It's forbidden for the person being proselytized to, to advance arguments, to vindicate, to exonerate the Mesis from punishment. Shema says, You should not take pity. You're not show compassion. If the, he knows a uh, convicting, convicting, convicting evidence, he's not allowed to withhold it. Be quiet from it. Shema says, You should not cover for him. How do we know a Pasuk that says, that you're not allowed to convince others to worship of a desire. If you're not a navi, if you're a navi, it's included in the prohibition of falsely, falsely prophesizing. If a not, where does it say a non-navi may not convince others to worship of a desire? All the Jewish people will hear and become afraid, and they will not continue to do these evil things. So even though there it's talking about a false navi, it says v'chol Yisrael. All the Jewish people will hear and, and and take heed, which means all the Jewish people are fall under the same umbrella of this prohibition of convincing others to worship of a desire, even if you're a non-navi. We said in Allah Aleph that when a person convinces others to worship over the Zara, he is Chayiv Skila regardless of his success. We'll find out in Allah Hay that, interestingly enough, it seems that when you try to convince a person to worship a person, then you have to have some measure of success, otherwise, you're not Chayiv Skila. If someone tries to convince other people, other people to worship him, he says, If they worship him, if they do worship him, if they don't worship him, even though they accept what he says, they say, Okay, we agree with you. If he tries to convince him to worship a different, a different person, he says, Worship this guy, or any other type of uh, idolatry. Uh, so if he if if he tries to convince to worship a different person or a different kind of idolatry, if the people accept what he says and they say, hey, yes, let's go worship it. Even though they actually did, 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 did not actually worship the Avedah Zorah or that person, then Shnei and Miskalim, both of them are stoned. Shemes is the one who tries to convince him or to convince him. Bahamus is the one who the one who accepts it, the one who being convinced. Shemar says, "Lo yisayv alay leish my love," that don't be uh, uh, don't don't be favor don't be favorable towards him or feel favorable towards him or listen to him. Ha'im shemavava, but if they do listen and and they accept it, chayiv they're chayiv even if they don't actually worship Avedah Zorah. So when it comes to when a person says uh, to worship Avedah Zorah, regardless of whether the people actually uh, worship it or they just accept what he says, 
than uh, these, these chayev. When it comes to the first case where he says, worship me, in that instance, only if they actually worship him do we say that he... Uh, is he's also chayiv skila for convincing them. However, if they just say yes, okay, but they don't actually worship him, then the people who are uh, being spoken to are considered to have not been serious because since he's a human being, they we presume that they don't believe that he's actually uh, a god who is serious about people worshiping him. And in fact, it's only when the people actually worships him, worship him, and he's successful in convincing them that we see that he, we say that he is serious about what he said, and they were serious about listening to him. Otherwise, we do not assume that it was made genuinely. The uh, attempt was not; it was just a joke. When a prophet prophesies in the name of idolatry, so what is the category ketad, an example where such a person is chayiv? This is a person who says, and presumably this means a person who's actually a potential Navi. Means he's till now he's doing everything good. He's separating himself from uh, Gashmius, the way we described the Chesavua. Some random person says that the son spoke to me. He's a Chayanat Chayev as a false Navi. It's Dafka, a person who's Shaykh to be a true Navi, based on his character traits, who can be a false Navi. So, Ketad. Zayev, this is a person who says, This idol or this star told me, It's mitzvah to do such and such. So, not to do such and such. I feel like even if he says that it's mitzvah to do this and that's taka true according to Torah. If he's warned before two people, unlike a mesis who requires no warning, if he's warned before two people, then he is strangled. Shinemar says, He who speaks in the name of other gods, that Navi shall die. Where is the top place in the Torah where it says that it's forbidden? Again, the principle being that besides the Torah saying this thing has this punishment, there has to be a separate place where there's an Azhara where it says don't do such and such. The classic terminology is there's no punishment unless there's a separate prohibition stated. The answer is part of what the Pasuk says. You shall not mention the name of other gods. It's forbidden to engage in debate or dialogue with someone who prophesies in the name of idolatry. We don't ask him to demonstrate a sign to prove himself. We know it's false. If he does a sign on his own, we pay no attention to it. We don't, we don't think about it. Whoever thinks about his signs that he does, perhaps the true. He violates negative commandments. We have to know that they are not true. They are done with black magic or some other trick. Do not speak the name of that Navi who, is, who prophesies in the name of idolatry. Similarly, just like a Navi who prophesies in the name of idolatry, Navi Shekhar, a false prophet who prophesies in the name of Hashem, but he's false, he is strangled. Even though he prophesies in Hashem's name, he doesn't add or subtract to the Torah. The fact that he prophesies falsely, and again, I'm talking about a person who could potentially be a true prophet, not just some random person. The Shem of the says, that prophet who will be deliberate, to speak in my name, that which I have not commanded, that prophet shall die. A false Navi is either when someone prophesies something which he did not hear, through prophetic vision, or which nobody, nobody for that matter, heard through prophetic vision, or he heard the words of his fellow Navi that did hear something in the prophetic vision, he goes and tells people, this matter was said to him, and he is, um, is prophesizing it. It was, it was a prophecy given to him. It was prophesied to him from Hashem. Both those cases, a false Navi, and his death is by strangulation.
Halacha test. Now, we've been saying till now that this false prophet is not just a random person. It's somebody who actually ba- conducts himself as the Ravon describes in Hilchus Nevuah. Um, the, uh, or, the whole uh, process of being a person who is very spiritually elevated, that type of person who is potentially become a true Navi, he's the person who can be also potentially a false Navi. And the Ramadan says now uh, very clearly, whoever prevents himself withholds from killing this false prophet because of his greatness, because after all, he's somebody who goes in the way of Navua, he potentially can be a true prophet, so he's obviously a very great person till this point. Till this point. Let's say he violates a negative mitzvah. It says, You shall not fear him. Somebody who prevents himself from offering evidence that incriminates him. Somebody who's afraid or has trepidation, dread from his words. He's part of the prohibition of men who do not fear him. You cannot judge a false Navi. Only the Sanhedrin of 71 judges. Somebody takes a vow in the name of, of an idol of Anishma above, someone takes an oath in the name of an idol, like the Pasuk says, the names of other gods, you shall not mention. And he mentioned it. Whether he makes the oath for his own reasons, nothing to do with anybody else, or he swears to a non Jew who requires him to make an oath in court that he will not accept any oath other than an oath made in the name of that idol. Either case, he's not allowed to, and he's Malkus if he does so. It is forbidden to cause a Gentile, a non Jew, to make an oath in, his, in the name of his own idol. She cannot cause a guy to mention his Avedazarah. And even to mention casually the name of an idol, not as an oath, also is forbidden. The Pasuk says, You should not mention them. Person should not tell his fellow. Wait for me next to this idol because again you're not supposed to mention the name of an idol or give it any kind of any kind of significance. Anything else of that nature. The idol names mentioned in the Tanakh, they may be mentioned. For example, for Ur, Ubalnavoy, the God, the Great Ben, all the other uh, these. Um, Examples of Pe'er, Baal, Nevoi, and God, these are all examples of Avadazar uh, that one is allowed to save. It's forbidden to cause somebody else to take an oath or a vow in the name of his Avadazar. We said in the last halacha, but here we're saying you can't even put yourself in a situation where that might come to happen. So, for example, uh, entering into a partnership with a guy who worships Avadazar is forbidden because he might make an oath to, 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 to show how serious he is about how honest he was about a transaction. He might take an oath in the name of his idol. But the only person who gets Malchus is how Somebody who takes an, an, a vow or an oath in the name of a one who takes an oath in the name of a desire, I'm clarifying that Mekayim means taking a Shavuot, taking an oath. That is the only one who's Chayiv Malchus, causing a Goy to do so is not Chayiv Malchus.